Hey, CJ, it's Scott. Sorry, who? I've just bluffed my way onto Tiananmen Square. Sorry, who is it? Apparently, you have to have permission the day before if you're a foreigner, as I certainly am. And at this stage, apart from having my papers checked twice, I'm free and easy wandering around Tiananmen Square looking at the Forbidden City. Forbidden City doesn't sound free and easy. It sounds like something that's going to get you arrested. And seeing statues of workers and seeing Mao's tomb. Dude, if you get arrested, we're not going to be able to do the podcast. Wait. If you get arrested, we won't be able to do the podcast. Okay, well, that was interesting. Mm -hmm. Um, I just had a police officer come up to me. And arrested you, and we can't do the podcast anymore. And again, asked me for my papers, and asked me this time, did I have a booking? No more podcast. And the answer was no, and... No more podcast! He let me go. Shit. This is me. And this is me. And welcome to... What's my age again? Again! We're back! We're back, yes. Sorry. So, CJ, uh, what are we talking about this episode? Very good question, Scott. Uh, we're talking it took, about... It took me just to come up with that. <laughs> <laughs> and you said those hours of script meetings weren't going to be worth it. <laughs> The listeners are going, fuck if only. So this episode we're talking about getting away from it all. Uh Aha. So as part of of the the reason why we deprived (laughs) deprived our loyal (laughs) listeners of that episode was so that I could go, fuck you all, and uh, (laughs) disappear. Disappear to South Australia. Don't worry, listeners. I I felt I was a part of that fuck you all as well. (laughs) Yeah, it was an all-inclusive fuck you all. (laughs) More directed towards some people than others, I will admit. (laughs) You know who you are. (laughs) Now, unfortunately, they probably don't. (laughs) So as part of that, uh, yes, so we're talking about getting away from it all. So I'm going to talk about my my experience... uh, Fucking off to South Australia. So you did some research. What? <laughs> <laughs> it sounds an awful lot like you did some hands-on research. <laughs> what I got up to while I was away with my hands is none of your business. <laughs> yes, yes, I did. Yes, I did some hands-on research. Uh, I'll make a note of the, uh, the the time count for that and see whether... I can then somehow claim that on tax. <laughs> I'm guessing. If there's any accountants listening, uh, feel free to feel free to drop me a line. Uh, you're going to talk a little bit about your experience of getting away from it all. Yes. It was a, possibly less successful. It was a very unsuccessful one, but we'll, we'll look at the upsides and the downsides of getting away from it all and how to and how not to do it. That's why this is such a fine, balanced podcast. Yeah. We're going to give you the upsides and the downsides to getting away. And, yeah, I think it's a a, a public service. (laughs) We should be getting a government grant. We should. Yeah. Any people from the government who are listening, (laughs) (laughs) please give us some... uh, 
some ideas on how to claim a government grant for this very wonderful podcast. Yes, uh, unless you're in law enforcement, in which case um, remember that this is all just a joke and uh, <laughs> please, please don't come and find us. Yes, please don't. Definitely not. Speaking of. Yes. So in my, uh, so to get to South Australia, I drove. Okay, so this is where you went on your getaway. Yes. Yep. Right. So I drove there. It took me nine hours to get there. Uh, it took me about 12 hours to get back. That's an excessively long time. It took me seven and a half hours to drive to Melbourne start of the year. You're aware that Melbourne to Sydney is a different place, different location to yes. Melbourne, South Australia. Yes, but I would also say that uh, it's a f- Sydney is far distant than South Australia, I would have thought. You happy with that? Far distant? <laughs> oh, well, okay. It's a lot further away. I w- <clears throat> Take two. I would suggest that Sydney is a lot further away from Melbourne than South Australia is. Apparently not. Uh, yeah, I don't know, actually. It's was 800 kilometres-ish. Okay. I'm going to do a bit of Googling. You, um... Talk amongst yourselves. <laughs> yes. Okay. Yeah, so it's about 800 kilometres, which I worked out is about 500 miles, which is a fucking long way to walk, especially if you're twice. So you would have to be <laughs> very, very keen on someone to do that. <laughs> okay, so from Sydney to Melbourne... It is, oh, no, it says it's 9 hours and 10 minutes. Actually, looking at the map, though, it's not a whole, Adelaide Adelaide does look, I mean, it's closer, but it's not as close as I thought it was. So there you go. Sorry. I, I, I retract everything. <laughs> right. So, uh, yes, it's a long fucking way. So the, the segue that is now, the, the tenuous segue that I was trying to make, uh, which is now meaningless st- because we're I so stopped far all over it. We're so far away from it, it doesn't matter, was that on the way back, I decided to plan my route, be prepared to be shocked, to stop at a brewery. Because <laughs> uh, I thought what I can do is if I, on the way back, I'll probably be more tired. So I'll give myself the option of when I drive back, just it saying, all right, I'll, I'll drive all the way or I'll kind of go on board and I'll stop or I'm tired uh-huh. and stop. So I went, where's a brewery on the way? So I found a brewery in a place called Robe Town. What I hadn't taken into account was that it was actually a long weekend, so I couldn't get anywhere uh-huh. to stay. So even if I wanted to, like, I couldn't even get a murder hotel to stay. Even the <laughs> caravan park was full, um, which in hindsight worked out well because had I been able to get a side, I didn't have a caravan. <laughs> but I did go to the brewery and a nice fine little brewery was really friendly people um, they have a, quite a good range this brings me to mm-hmm. cue music thing drum roll please what's my <laughs> yeah <laughs> we, we actually do need one of those yeah we do yeah, yeah. we got one now what's my <laughs> again <laughs> Put your magic on that. (laughs) I'm drinking for this episode a Robe Brewery beer called Do You Make an IPA? Okay, and do they? Well, it seems like a rhetorical question. 
But <laughs> the fact that this is an IPA makes it not a rhetorical question. Ah, so, self-referential. Yeah. Do you make an IPA? A question often asked by, at Robetown Brewery over the past many years. Now we can finally say, yes, we do. It's not too bad. It's a, it's kind of multi, <laughs> multi, multi, multi. Ah. Which you don't really need on the label because I'm holding a bottle of it. That's true, but it may, it's probably a better answer than fuck off. No, we don't. <laughs> well, that explains why my beer business didn't go off. <laughs> so it's a single malt and single hope IPA. Single hope. Yeah, apparently, uh, apparently typography or uh, proofreading isn't big at Rogue Brewery. Maybe it's for another one of those Star Wars beers. Send me Obi-Wan Kenobi, you're my only hope. <laughs> you're my single hope. <laughs> single malt and single hope. Probably hop IPA. Made here in Robe. Robe. Not Rome. Robe. <laughs> robe if you want to. <laughs> robe around the room. Made here in Robe when we get the itch. But when herpes season comes along. <laughs> it's time we'll to make the IPA. We'll should probably invest in some topical cream. This is their fifth incarnation of DYM IPA. Oh, gee. What should be DYMA IPA? Well, apparently. It's like, it's like they're not paying attention at all. Well, possibly because they're too busy scratching. <laughs> our DYMA is our favorite to date and has, be, has heaps of our typical. Malt heavy backbone, uh -huh. with plenty of dry hopping to boot, to boot, full flavour and very low bitterness. <laughs> what if you could use this as a dating profile? Uh, it's, <laughs> you should do that. My name's CJ. I'm typically I'm typically malt heavy, <laughs> full of backbone and dry hopping. <laughs> Speaking same with full flavour and very low bitterness. <laughs> <laughs> so, it's quite nice. I quite like it, which is unfortunate because I only bought one bottle and Robe don't seem to have a, a large distribution network. So if I want another one, it's going to be a seven-hour drive. Okay. So, Excellent. Uh, do not know what I did in Robe? What did you do in Robe? None of your business. <laughs> 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 Uh, see, it's just got to, that breaks. Just it's it's just got better. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so that's my uh, that's my beer again. What's your beer again? My beer again. I'm drinking a Melton Culture Beer Company Lager. Very okay. adventurous, of you. Very adventurous. It's uh, it's a bit different. It's uh, it's from Katoomba in the Blue Mountains of New South Wales. Uh, now on the can it says for this a taproom favourite. We stripped the water back to absolute basic level of um, softness to make the beer super crisp, clean, and refreshing. I don't, I don't know if you want a dirty beer, but that's <laughs> beside the point. Um, now, I did a little bit of uh, Googling about the Mountain Culture Beer Company. Right. And this was quite interesting uh, because uh, it's, a, it's a brew pub. Mm -hmm. in the Blue Mountains. But apparently the original pub was built in 1912 um, in Katoomba, 
and uh, later it allegedly passed time as a dancing saloon and home for lost or belated drunks. It described every pub. <laughs> Until finally ending up as a civic video store. <laughs> <laughs> and then in 2017... Uh, the, uh, the new owners embarked on transforming the dilapidated building into the first brew pub in the Blue Mountains. So there you go. Um, it it has sounds a... like if I, was, uh, if I was going to be reincarnated as a building, I'd like to be that one. <laughs> so it sounds like it might be an interesting, interesting place to head to one day, actually. Yeah. But I'm, the beer itself, I'm, I'm enjoying. It's, uh, it's, it is... Uh, I guess it's crisp. I, I don't really know how to describe beer. I know I know what I like and I know what I don't like. I like this. Um, can you taste the softness? I can. You can. It's it's like a little. It's a pillow in my mouth. <laughs> my tongue wants to curl up and have a nap. <laughs> no, I'm I, I'm enjoying it. I, I don't know how else to say it without sounding wanky. So um, it's far too late for that. <laughs> anyway. I'm enjoying my Mountain Culture Lager. So thank you, Mountain Culture Lager. I wish you'd given it to me. It cost me $24 for four cans, which by your standards is cheap, but by Sydney's yeah. standards is expensive. Okay, so I best we... So I bet we... Oh, fuck so let's get on with the show. You went on a get away, getting away from it all trip. Uh, what prompted you to feel you need to get away from it all good question so i've been wanting to have a holiday since so i was supposed to have a holiday just before covid which obviously didn't happen uh and then i've been wanting to have a holiday since probably february i kind of half booked a holiday and then it kept getting cancelled because of work commitments uh because i'm a massive um i'm a massive suck up at work apparently <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't sound like you. <laughs> Overwhelm's probably a bit too strong right. a word, but it's probably not far off. It was just this sense of any time I do something, if I finished it, there was no, oh, wow, that's good. Like I published Connections, Connection Lost, and there was no, oh, this is awesome, you know, well done, and give myself a pat on the back and let's celebrate. It was like, okay, now what's next? I've got to do something else and it just was just one thing after another after another after I th another i think it's very hard to do to give be that cheerleader for yourself though yeah i've got the outfit but it's yeah it still <laughs> makes it um still I, makes it difficult i'd like to see that not for any <laughs> not for any sexual reason just because it'd be pretty funny <laughs> so one of the other reasons that i wanted to do it was that uh, as part of a presentation i'm doing i'm looking at risk and how people assess risk differently, which I mentioned in the last bit of an episode that we did and threatened to do that, something on that in this episode, which we're not, we're going to do that later. <laughs> <laughs> because no, it's, a, it's a hollow threat, was it? <laughs> yeah, because, uh, because it's important to stick with, expect <laughs> stick with expectations. <laughs> I don't think anybody's listening to this expecting it to be some kind of episode on risk like I, uh, <laughs> like I said it was going to be. Oh, but, there's there's probably about I don't know five or ten people who are turning this off now, disgusted that you misled them. I admire your optimism that five or ten people have got this far. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
So yes, so as part of that, um, as part of the of doing research, actual research for that around risk, I was looking through like what kills people in Australia, like what Australians die of. One of the biggest things that people, or in fact, the number one thing that Australians die of, is people died... from South Australia. <laughs> no, it's uh, it's listening to podcast podcasts about aging. Um, <laughs> is uh, heart disease. Right. And it's like it, it's been the number one killer in Australia since like 1968. Yeah. But so I'm surprised it's, it's, it's not before that. I possibly was. That was as far back as I got. But good, good news, uh, dementia is uh, pulling in a late run, so it's, it's making its way up the charts. <laughs> Go, you good thing. And as I, found, uh, as I found out the other day, apparently, you know how I said in a previous episode that if you – uh, if you live long enough, you'll get prostate cancer, assuming you're male. Yes, it's um, like everybody will get it as long as you uh, as long as you live long. Dementia is the same. If yeah. you can live long enough, you can you'll get dementia. Look, I've got to say because I just finished listening to Patrick Stewart's autobiography and audiobook. That's the He's... best way to listen to it. I find audiobook. It's, yes, um, I've tried listening to a, an ebook. <laughs> it's just it's crickets. It doesn't work anywhere near as well. <laughs> Anyway, so I'm listening to this audiobook. And like Patrick Stewart, you know, Captain Jean-Luc Picard, renowned for having this amazing voice. And got someone else to do it? Sorry? And he got someone else to do it? No, he did it himself. Oh. But he has he's an old man. He sounds like an old man. In fact, oh. to the point to the point where he even alludes to that. He's saying how he you know at the very end. He says, you know, obviously you can tell my voice isn't what it used to be, something like that. Yeah. But he also, uh, like he's reading, but if that's his, like for someone who's a trained Shakespearean actor, some of his reading isn't as great as you'd expect either. So clearly he's struggling a little bit, right. it would seem. He's 83. Oh, right, okay. Um, but, yeah, I mean... Yeah, it was it was a it was a tiny bit sad. It was a good book. I really enjoyed it, and I would uh, recommend it to anyone who's a fan of Patrick Stewart. But it still was a little sad to sort of think you think because you think about him because he looked old when he became famous, right? But he was only forty five. Oh, I did not know that. And um, so he's looked the same for the last forty years, which isn't bad. Hmm. But now, um, the voice and, and the maybe the He's not quite as sharp as he was. You can tell. Right. That was, that was a bit sad. But sorry, carry on. Why, 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 why went off on that? Why, why did he go off on that little tangent? No. There was a, there was a reason, but I don't know why. I find it best that, uh, with people your age to just let them go. <laughs> Strip in reason here as to why I made that segue. Because <laughs> there's a reason. I, I was talking about the uh, the joys of, of getting looking forward to getting dementia. Oh, that's what it was. So I think I was sort of saying, it, like, you live long enough, you get dementia. It mm. sounds like he's on the road. Right. So, mm. And that's that's the, the point I was trying to make, I guess. Right. Right. So uh, you heard it here first. Uh, for any lawyers out there, Scott's just uh, announced that apparently Patrick Stewart seems like he's uh, getting dementia. <laughs> I could be wrong. Patrick, I love you. <laughs> I've got nothing funny to say about it. Um, <laughs> yeah, so heart disease, biggest killer in Australia. And one of the things that contributes to heart disease 
aside from eating shitty food and drinking too much beer uh, and not exercising <laughs> is stress. So I figured, well, there's one thing out of those four that I can change. <laughs> uh, yeah, so it, I thought what I should probably do is, um, is do something to reduce my stress levels because if for no other reason, the thought of having a heart attack because I was stressed would piss me off to no end. Yeah, I, I Like hear if you. I'm going to have a heart attack, it's because of eating shitty food and not exercising and drinking too much beer. Also, handy, uh, handy sideline fun fact for you that I heard the other day from the Victorian paramedics. Uh-huh. Uh, 20 people in Victoria have uh, a cardiac get, call an ambulance because of a cardiac arrest every day. Uh, are, they, which... are they are they sort of doing it for fun? <laughs> <laughs> Is it the same twenty people? <laughs> and it's, and now that I've said that out loud, uh, I'm pretty sure that I've got the time. Oh, I don't. No, it I don't. Be... I don't think so. I think that's that's perfectly that would be perfectly accurate. Oh, yeah, actually, yeah, it could be because the because the other part of it was that only two of them survived. Yeah. But eighteen people are dying a day of cardiac arrest seems like like a lot. I hope to God that if I get to the point where I'm having a cardiac arrest before I get too far, that I recognise the signs and do something about it before too, it was too late. My old man was driving his car and started to have a heart attack. He knew right. he was having a heart attack, but decided to drive home while he was having a heart attack. Yeah, it sounds like something I'd probably do. Yeah, it's like. Pull over, call a freaking ambulance. Yeah, but, I actually probably would have done a uh, change Google Maps to where's the nearest hospital. <laughs> yeah, so but I think I don't think people make wise choices. It seems like in general, I'm sure that some people make amazing choices, but you know, I hope I make better choices than that because that seemed like like was he going to make it home? Would he have a car accident on the way home? Hmm. You know, would he kill somebody else? On the way home, when he had a car accident and careered into the the, the, the baby carriage, the lady who was crossing the road, who knows? Uh, but yeah, I think some people make really weird choices, and I think it doesn't surprise me at all that lots of people don't make it. They let, wait to the last possible moment, call the ambulance, and then sort of ninety percent of them die. Yeah, I yeah, I actually remember talking to um, talking to some people from the Heart Foundation, hmm. and uh, and that's what they said. A lot of people. It like would have been preventable had they said something to someone. Yeah, uh, that no no two heart attacks are the same. So you know the symptoms that if we both had one now, you might have different symptoms to me, uh, right. and so there's not necessarily an indication of it. But just like all the different things, like there's pain in your jaw and a thing in your chest in and your jaw. Your arm and, yeah, that... you can get uh, you can get pain in your jaw. You can get pain down your arm. Um, you get pain in your I chest. Say something else for a second. <laughs> um, hey, if you, you, <laughs> you get uh, you break it like flop sweat, um, nausea, and so the disadvantage of knowing all this is that I spend the majority of my time going, oh, "Hang on, this is I seem to be sweating for no reason. I don't feel well. My arm hurts. I'm a yeah, am I having a like? How many do like? Do I need seven out of five, or I've always got some of these symptoms? So uh, okay. I could be dropping dead of a heart attack at 
at any given time. Anyway, well, my, my my side. Sorry, just to say to talk about my, myself for a moment. <laughs> um, I have uh, in my left ear. I have what's called pulsatile tinnitus. So it's not the tinnitus which makes a, a sound like. Hmm. It, all it means is I can I can hear my pulse in my ear, particularly when yep. it's quiet. And I I noticed one like sort of lying in bed that he had thump 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 thump. And then it started to go, there was this arrhythmia sort of going thump, 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 thump. And I'm going, this isn't good. And then you sort of start thinking about it, then you listen and you listen to the point where I went to a doctor who then referred me to a cardiologist who put me on a treadmill. Mm-hmm. And it was like, yeah, it's not, it's not doing it when you're under stress. So therefore, that's good. No. You, have a, you can have arrhythmia when you're not under stress. That's normal. But to, right. if, if you're under stress and it doesn't do it, that's a good thing. So you're actually quite well. Uh-huh. But of course, whenever you start thinking about these things, that's what the, the what the, going mm. back to what you're saying. You said you, you you become aware of something, and suddenly you start to worry about it. Yes. But then, so the question then is, you know, other people who are calling the ambulance too late are they sort of thinking that they're being stupid? I suppose they do. Probably. Yeah. 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 Anyway. Oh, there is a big, yes, there is a big thing. So for anybody who's listening, they, uh, all the the paramedics that I've spoken to and all the people at the Heart Foundation that I spoke to, uh, they all say, just call the fucking ambulance. Yeah. That's what it's there for. If you if they arrive and turns out that you're not gonna, you're not having a heart attack, they're not gonna go. You prick. That's <laughs> like, well, we're not wasting our trip here. Stab. Well, I've gone into the hospital twice um, because I, I'm feeling chest pain of sorts, which turned out to be referred pain from my back. My back was out, and my right. and my because uh, where your um, where your ribs meet your spine, it can be a bit out. And I was getting this referred pain around my chest twice. I've, I've reported to hospital and had to sit there while they did all these tests to tell me that I was fine. Right, but I still would rather do that. Than, um, than die, if I can possibly avoid it. I don't know. I've spent quite a bit of time sitting in a hospital waiting. It's kind of a bit of, bit of iffy of if I leave, I might die. Is that better than what I'm doing now? <laughs> so, uh, yes, as I, uh, uh, as I was saying, I figure if I'm going to die of, um, of something heart-related, I want it to be on my own terms. Not because I'm, uh, <clears throat> not because I'm pissed off about something at work. Yeah, definitely. So that was the main reason for getting away, and that was the main reason for saying I want to get away somewhere on my own where there's kind of nothing. And so the Bodenheim Marsh Island uh, was good. There was two days there. It wasn't quite as alone as I'd hoped. Uh huh. Um, not in that there was somebody else on the boat, but uh, <laughs> uh, then when I get to the other place. It was like literally a, a tiny house made of a couple of shipping containers um, on a lake and like you had to go across a gangplank to get to it. So it was that like literally on a lake? Yeah, literally on a lake. Okay. And it was just and like there was nowhere. I got some supplies before I went there and then didn't put my pants on until I had to leave. Like too much was- information. <laughs> <laughs> In hindsight, I should have put my pants on when I went and got the, spl- got the supplies as well. But... <laughs> Uh, yeah, it was just like there was no one and there was nothing and it was just this huge, huge expanse of water and 
sunsets and flocks of birds and ducks that would come up and kind of jump up on the decking and say hello and it was just it was unbelievably relaxing like i could feel literally feel the stress just draining away okay it was got to be good and unfortunately i could only get two nights there so it was kind of three days ish uh but it's probably one of the best holidays i've ever had and now a word from our sponsors from the first flickers of ingenuity Humankind has excelled in creating civilization-defining innovations. Lightbulb Moments in Human History is a book that provides irreverent yet affectionate glimpses into ancient people and their big ideas. Explore the evolution of sciences, religions, technologies and social systems. Lightbulb Moments in Human History is released in audiobook on the 16th of November and will be half price till the end of the month. To give you a the downside of getting away, I, I fully appreciate that. I, I'm, I, I applaud the fact that getting away from it all was helpful to you. Uh, I think you may have to, not you, but a, a person planning a getting away from it all thing needs to do a bit of planning and a bit better planning than I did when I did my my getaway, which didn't work out. Which was, it was about three years ago. It was after the end of a relationship. I'd been side swiped with it. I didn't expect, didn't see it coming. So I was quite shocked and upset. And I decided I was going to go somewhere familiar, um, which was Picolbin, which is a wine area north of Sydney. Now, um, I had lived there for a period of about five years or close to there. And it, I don't know why I quite chose to go back there because it wasn't the most successful period of my life. So going back there brought back a lot of bad memories of a previous time. That I was taking with me the depression of having sort of had a, a sort of unexpected relationship breakup. And then I chose to stay at a place that was decidedly below par. It looked great in the, in the, on the internet, but when I got there, I was like, oh, my God, this place is terrible. So um, I spent three days wishing I was somewhere else. And, in fact, I have, a, I have a, uh, an excerpt from my journal at the time which will tell you exactly how I was feeling. I decided to spend a few days away to get my head together, and I was staying at a very disappointing place. It's a bit depressing, really. I'm not sure why I did it. Spending three nights at Picolbin was a bad idea. I just want to go home. What did you do? What planning did you do that made yours successful and mine I know mine was a disaster. I mean, I went, I went somewhere stupid. It literally was, and more than one, it was professionally and personally one of the worst times of my life. So just to just to uh, to probably the the subtle differences in the planning between yours and mine were um, when I was thinking about places to go, I didn't think the best place to go would be. Somewhere where I spent <laughs> the worst five years of my life, <laughs> both personally and professionally, <laughs> just staying somewhere that was substandard, <laughs> that um, that I couldn't leave. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. It's, 
I'm not like I'm not an expert, but I think there might be a couple of differences in there, in the uh, in my planning model. So just to to clarify this a bit further. Uh, so my in my planning, my planning was to get away to a tiny house on a lake, surrounded by a whole bunch of nothing, and you went to a motel. Well, I didn't know it was quite it was a motel as such at the time. It, they didn't sell it like that. It wasn't how it was portrayed on it. It was, but that's what effectively what it was. And I was in a stone's throw of a winery which holds uh, rock concerts. Right, but not not good rock concerts. Not ones I wanted to go and see. So I'm in this hotel, a motel that I don't want to be in, feeling depressed, and all I can hear is this incredibly loud music. That's shit. <laughs> I'm surprised my journal entry doesn't say "kill me now." <laughs> uh, so just making a note to uh, if. Uh... When going on holidays with Scott, don't let him organise it. <laughs> so were you planning just to sit in your room for three days? I was going to go and write. I mean, I did go out, I did drive around, but of course, what turned out, everywhere I drove held bad memories. I'll go for a drive. Oh, my God. Oh, God, I worked there and that was terrible. Or I, oh, I used to know people who live there and, you know, they turned their back on me or whatever. And it was just like, it was just, Horrible. Uh, a word to the wise: If you are planning a solo, getting away from it all trip, you need to get away from it all. Don't don't put yourself in the middle of PTSD land. It kind of sounds like the equivalent of um, a Vietnam vet going, "I need to get away from it all. I'm off to Cambodia for a week." <laughs> And now a word from our sponsors. So I've completed and published my latest book. Another hilarious comedy in the same genre as Colin Calls the Help Desk. Uh, this uh, one's called Connections Lost. And it's... About your internet? Well, I, currently, yes. But in this case, the book is a romantic suspense. It's about a woman named Belinda who's stuck in a shitty marriage and a dead-end job. So it's autobiographical then. No, she's female. Anyway, <laughs> if, uh, if you don't mind. Uh, so Belinda meets this guy, James. He's exciting and charismatic. She asks herself, do I need to remain married to a disconnected douchebag who she's 99% sure is having an affair and working for a boss who's an arrogant asshole? What does she answer? Well, that kind of gives the story away, but uh, captivated by James's charisma and thirst for life, Belinda wonders if it's too late to rekindle her own lost passions. This is, I'm reading this for the back of the book because um, okay. I realized that where I'd written in the script uh, for this bit, I'd just written, read the bit that's on the back of the book. <laughs> and I actually hadn't pasted it in there. So I'm just quickly reading it off the back of the book, uh, which is why yeah. it kind of doesn't flow really nicely. Anyway, as they're trying, <laughs> as they're, this is doing nothing to help the seriousness of this story. Uh, James turns out to be a bit of a whiz with computers. Uh, he's got a bit of a cyber... Oh, a whiz, a whiz, computer a whiz. whiz. <laughs> a whiz. <laughs> yes. Uh, so he's, yes, he's got quite a, uh, a computer expertise, yes. as they say, or ex expert whiz. Uh, and he, but 
Plot twist. Behind his charming facade is James hiding a dangerous secret of his own. Well, I'm assuming so. Well, okay, yes, technically it'd be probably over in 15 pages, so let's assume he is. Hashtag spoiler alert, thank you. Sounds more suspense than romance. Yeah, it's kind of what I think too, but there's not really a um, suspense with a bit of romance thing genre. So, but anyway, it's my first one, so who can tell? Does he he Roger up? (laughs) (laughs) You have to find that out. You'll have to buy the book. And where would such an interesting book be available? Nice segue. Thank you. Uh, It is, of course, available in the same place as all my other books uh, on the bookshelf in my lounge room. But if that's too difficult to do, uh, you can pick it up on the Amazon. It's available, as usual, in all the backs. Paperback, Kindleback, Hardback, which reminds me, I went to the library the other day and asked for that new book about turtles. Librarian said, Hardback? I said, yes, and Tiny Legs. God. Connection Lost by Elwood Scott. Available on Amazon now. So I have done some research to uh, to help identify what's the best way to make sure you have a fulfilling and meaningful getting away from it all holiday. So I thought okay. what we might do is uh, we might just use your, your uh, getting away from it all holiday as an example. Yep. Uh, and see how many of these you can answer positively. Number one, <laughs> choose the right destination. <laughs> Seek out tranquility, nature, adventure, culture, or whatever environment will meet your needs. On a scale of one to uh, a scale of one to two, <laughs> how close to you were, were you to that? I was at a zero, I think. Right. If two is the best and zero is the worst. <laughs> right. Okay. Number two, have a loose plan. Well, uh-huh. you may, I think maybe you had a bit of a loose plan. Structure your days with activities you enjoy, but leave plenty of time open to go with the flow. Balance spontaneity with some routine. Now, I think I did that more than it seems. Okay. The problem was what I hadn't taken into, into account was the, tra- the trauma that being in that place was going to bring up. So going back there, having f- having tried to forget totally about it, to then put myself in the midst of it all was actually quite traumatic. So, yeah, my loose plan, <laughs> I had a loose plan and I was going to do activities that I enjoyed, but it turned out that I didn't enjoy them because I hadn't really understood how horrific they were going to make me feel. Which brings us to number three. Focus inward. Spend time in self-reflection through journaling. Help. Get me out of here. Help. Does, does overthinking focus, uh, uh, mean focusing inward? Because I overthought yeah, a lot. Well, technically, yeah. Uh, <laughs> the alone time can spur personal insights. Well, it certainly did that. It did that, yes. It was mm. like, I never want to do this ever again. And Yeah. Number four, disconnect from technology. <laughs> well, I think what happened was I, I was so sort of um, lonely and depressed that I was, I actually did more online, you know, Twitter stuff and all that kind of stuff than, right. I, than I would have otherwise. So definitely didn't take the di- uh, disconnect from technology. Right. Number five, meet locals, stay at small inns, eat at local restaurants, 
chat with residents. Interacting with locals provides connection. Okay. The only local I connected with, so I went to a local winery and got chatting with the the guy behind the counter and I ended up uh, signing up for a $250 a quarter wine club, (laughs) which was not good because I never would spend $1,000 on wine in a year usually, but I did. That year, <laughs> my friend. Oh, just okay. <laughs> he was literally the only person I spoke to. <laughs> Desperate was I. Number six. <laughs> Keep a healthy mindset. Be mentally why, prepared. Why, why are you laughing? Be mentally prepared to handle solitude. Bring books, podcasts, or music that help keep your mind positive. On a scale of one to fucking not at all. (laughs) I think not at all. Right. Uh, Pamper yourself. Treat yourself to massages, night meals, nice meals out, visits to spas, or anything else indulgent. You deserve it. Well, I spent $250 on wine that I didn't need. Fair enough. Well, you certainly wouldn't have got the next one. Appreciate the silence. Oh, no. Didn't appreciate that at all. Spend intentional time simply sitting and appreciating the peacefulness around you. But I actually tried to. I went to sit outside because there was a uh, like an outdoor area with a, with a table. Right. I went to sit up there and got attacked by mosquitoes. <laughs> Actually, I'm quite pleased looking at the uh, really looking at this list. Um, considering I really didn't think it through much more than that place looks nice, I'd like to go there. Mm. Uh, it all seemed to have fell into place. Yeah, quite well. I do think um, you had a better mindset than I did. I, I mean, like literally. As, as the, the last line from my journalist, I just want to go home. I'd have been far happier at home. That, to me, just seems like the last line in a journal that you could find in, like, prisoners or <laughs> World War Two journals. Burke and Wills. <laughs> so, yeah, you, but you don't have to, to go by yourself. But if you do go, by, go away by yourself, then I think some of these rule, like these suggestions are quite uh, good considering I broke all of them and had a terrible time. <laughs> it's pretty much common sense. Yeah. Thanks, Internet. <laughs> well, that's it for solo getting away from it all journeys. Take from it what you will. So I think my key takeaway from this is, uh, is that you should never start a travel agency. Me personally, definitely yeah. not. <laughs> Just broken up from a relationship? Come on down to Scott's depressing terms. <laughs> we'll take you on tour of all the worst times of your life. Think, think things couldn't get any worse? It's <laughs> <laughs> a great tagline for a holiday company. <laughs> Oh. oh, there's an entire market segment out there for that. <laughs> anyway, cue the drums and outro. <laughs> See you later.
Hopefully, I'll make it back from China. <laughs> so, seeing we're in the uh, in the this exciting, innovative season two of yours, yeah. uh, we should probably do a new intro and a new end intro outro. Yeah, we should probably do one of those as well. So, um, what is it we say in the outro? Oh, I don't know. I never listened that far. <laughs> uh, there's something about uh, you should like, rate, review, and follow all episodes so you don't miss out on any of this exciting, brilliant content. Absolutely life-changing content. I agree. Or if you've got an interesting question or story, drop us a line at theoldfolkshome69 at gmail.com. And, of course, all our other social accounts are some weird combination of old folks home in the 69 so <laughs> hey it seemed funny at the time all right i regret it now say good night cj goodbye cj <laughs> fuck's sake <laughs> and that's the perfect ending <laughs>